Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from the millions who suffer, where spouses, children, communities, and organizations get back the ones they love. Post-traumatic stress is often treated as an illness that can only be curbed, but this is wrong. PTS is an injury that can be healed quickly so that those affected get back to doing what they're meant to do, thrive. Join us as we discuss the latest innovation in the treatment of PTSD, specifically the reconsolidation of traumatic memories, what we refer to as the RTM protocol. We regularly feature guests who have successfully cured PTSD to inspire hope in all those who still struggle, hope in what is possible. This is Life After PTSD. Well, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. This is a podcast where we tell stories of people that are getting healed and cured of PTSD, talking about clinicians using the RTM protocol. And today we have one of the coolest stories I think that we're going to we're gonna have on this show. Uh, but first, before we get to that, my name is Jeff McLaughlin. Hosting with me uh, so many times is my neighbor from the north, Mr. Alan Canerva, down from Canada. Say hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> it's very literal. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Carrie, talk to us. Carrie Russo. I am Carrie Russo. You are Carrie I'm Russo. Diva excited as to be always. Here. Yeah, excited. Um, Lori Norman, you're a friend. Welcome from South Florida. Coming up here from my hometown, or at least close to it. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to talk to you because we got to know you in uh, January. And so let's just do a little, before we get to our extra special guest, you're our special guest. We have an extra special guest who's hanging on the line with us, but uh, let's talk about you real quick. You've been in practice as a licensed mental health counselor for 20 plus years in Boca Raton, Florida. I've been in the field for 20 some years, correct. Awesome, and you have a specialty. What is your specialty that you that you work with in your practice? I specialize with kids and adolescents and young adults and um, adults who have trauma. Age two to 18, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. Lots of trauma therapy. And then February 14th, 2018 happens. And that was a, a game changer for you. Correct. One of those people is hanging on the line. And uh, we um, have gotten to know her kind of a little bit in this office. Carrie, you've spent some time um, there. Lori knows her especially. But I want to welcome Allie Sullivan. And uh, Allie, say hey to everybody. Hi. <laughs> you can't see her, but I can see her on FaceTime. She's got this big smile like these people are crazy. Hey, Douglas High School student, <laughs> you were there when it all went down. And yeah. um, tell us what you will about that day from your perspective. Um, I wasn't in the building where it was happening, but I was close enough to it to hear what was going on. I was in the building right next to it. We were in there for a really long time. We didn't know exactly what was going on, but we knew enough to know that it wasn't good. And yeah, it was, it was the most traumatic day of my life. Allie, I can't imagine. Lori knows this. We've talked about this before. I'm a, I'm, I'm a rival of yours. I'm a Terravella grad. Okay, so can you forgive me for that? Are we okay? Are we cool? Yeah. Right now? I can't imagine going through what you went through because like probably every city that one of these incidents has happened in, we just all would have said, not here. Never. Never would have happened yeah, in a city like that. It was you, definitely not expected at all. Allie, in context, we had some bomb threat scares and things like that is, you know, when I was in school, I don't think one student in my high school took that seriously. It was, okay, who didn't turn in their term paper today and needed some more time, so they're going to call some. Now, this is back before cell phones. They couldn't trace this stuff quite as easily. Somebody was doing it from a pay phone. But, I mean, literally, that's how seriously we would have taken a a warning um, like that. But uh, then Columbine happened. I was a senior in high school when that happened at Terravella, and things started to become real at that point. And unfortunately, what happened in Colorado happened 
in Parkland at Douglas and um, you and your friends were there. Talk to me about the climate thereafter. What were you guys feeling? What what was just first couple of hours, first couple of days? What was it like to be to be you and your friends? First, it didn't feel real at all. It took a long time for it to feel real, but sometimes it still doesn't. Um, the first couple of days, I was still in shock, honestly. Um, I it was hard to believe. I was I wasn't I didn't feel like me at all. I just felt like I was in this clouded daze, and my friends felt the same way. Like the only way that we could really um, the only way to describe it was just it felt like there was a dark cloud over me and my whole community. And it was it was really, really, really hard. And I think it took it took until I started therapy to start like being able to confront it as something that actually happened. But I didn't I wasn't I don't think I got therapy until the summer after it happened. We've heard and, and I just would love to get your perspective on this, that there um, there might have been like an absence of therapy being provided or options being provided to you and your classmates. Would you speak to that? I think that's that's definitely true because I feel like people, a lot of people, I feel like we're more focused on politics instead of healing themselves. And that's how people wanted to, that's how people were, that's what they were focused on and everything. And that's that was kind of there. But a lot of people just didn't feel ready to talk about it or, or to open up to a therapist. I know I didn't, but that's, I feel like that was a general theme that was happening over us. Like people... I know that people, there were only a couple of people I know who started it right away. Whose idea for you? Was it was it your idea to actually finally go to therapy or was that mom and dad? What, what was, was the story? It was my mom's idea. It was your mom's <laughs> idea. Okay. Well, you got to love mom though, right? Give her a big hug. Yeah. And she's sitting right there with you. Hi, Janine. How's it going? Hey, I'm great. So glad to, to have both of you. So you guys eventually got connected with Lori Norman. Um, we, we now know Lori because of having done an RTM training in January in Parkland. Um, Lori's obviously been in practice, as she said, for many, many years. Um, I, I want Lori to start to kind of take over some of this conversation and just talk about your journey um, in counseling with her and then what shifted when RTM was introduced. And so, Lori, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you and just want you guys to have a like a living room conversation, if you would. So I was hoping maybe we could just chat a little bit about when you first came. Did you want to come to see me? Yeah, I did want to come and see you. <laughs> Because we had already talked that one time when we had that group therapy session. That was with me and two of my other friends. And that's the first time that we started talking. And I got to know you and I was like, wow, she's really nice. I want her to be my therapist. I like, I already feel like I can trust her. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to start seeing you more regularly to start healing. Hey, Ali, this is Alan. What, hi. What, hi, Ali. What was the source of the resistance to going to therapy? You were expressing that you and your friends had some resistance to going to therapy. What was that about? I really just didn't want to talk about it. Like I, I didn't feel comfortable opening up to anybody at first. It was hard for me to um, tell people what I went through because I, I could barely tell like my friends and my family what I went through. So it was hard to, I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to anybody or tell them what I was going through. And there was a time where like talking about it, like felt like I was reliving it. And that wasn't, I didn't feel good. So I, that's why I had that resistance. So, so when you retold the story, you were very emotional. Yes, yeah. definitely. And what was, what was the deciding point to, to work with Lori? I made that decision because I felt like I needed it. And I felt like I, I needed to move on from the, 
resistance so that I could get help and so that I can feel better and so that I could be better. And everything just felt like it felt like my life was kind of slipping away. Like I couldn't focus in school. I couldn't be a kid anymore. How, how many of your friends made a decision at a similar time? And when was that that you decided to, to start getting therapy? A lot of my friends waited until the summer like I did. They it was because we had like a lot of time and we had it was just a, everyone kind of um, universally at my school calls it a summer of healing because that's when people started going to therapy. That's when people started getting help. And I feel like once people saw that other people were doing it, they decided to start doing it too. That's and, a beautiful way to, to frame that, mm. Allie. That's a beautiful yeah. way to frame that, a summer of healing. It, it definitely was. A lot of people have been calling it that. And I, I agree because we had time to heal. We weren't, we weren't focused on school because after it happened, we all had to go back to school like a week later. And we still had tests to take and we still had pressure. And a lot of the seniors had college to think about. But over the summer, we were able to put everything down and just focus on ourselves and focus on healing. And we know, we know in our study of trauma that there are triggering memories, but also triggering sounds and smells and sights. So, mm -hmm. you know, I admire you guys for being able to go back to school and to, to finish that year. And hearing you say that you wanted to recapture your childhood, that's very, very powerful. Allie, do you remember what you told me about fireworks? Yeah. <laughs> in in, in uh, Walt Disney World? What, what, where are your favorite places in the world? My favorite place in the whole wide world is Disney World. Okay. And it was the hardest thing ever not being able to see the fireworks shows because it brought me back to that day. So that's something that Lori and I focused on a lot was trying to get over the sounds of fireworks so that I could enjoy them again because and to be able to go to my favorite place in the world. When was the last time you were there? Um, last month. And How was it? It was awesome because I was able to see the fireworks show and actually enjoy it. And it was, it was, that was one of the best moments ever because I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises. And I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. And you remember when your mom used to bring you in after school? You literally look like the Walking Dead. <laughs> you really did. You no, no offense, Allie. Okay, Allie, <laughs> Allie, you definitely do not look anything like that now. I can't even imagine. No, you were pale. Yeah. Your I eyes was. were beet red. Mm -hmm. you, my, I had rings under my eyes. My hair was and, a mess. And why, why was that, Allie? Were you sleeping well? No, I wasn't sleeping well at all. I remember, yeah, because it was, it's, it was really, really hard to sleep because... Well, I would have nightmares or I just couldn't fall asleep. Like my brain was rushing to a million different circumstances. I was having like flashbacks and it, it was really hard to sleep. And the lack of sleep plus somewhat hours of school, like all of that on top of each other. I looked like the walking dead. <laughs> a beautiful walking dead, of course. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you, so Ali, when did you start sleeping and when were you able to go to the fireworks? What? Um, as soon, when, it, when we had the RTM therapy, it was after the first session, um, with the, the first session of the RTM therapy, the first one, I had a Disney trip right after that. And just after the first one, I was able to enjoy the fireworks again. And then by the second one, I was sleeping better. 
And by the third one, I just felt like a whole new person. Like I felt like I was me again. This is Alan again. You know, as the trainer of RTM, I was fortunate enough to be the trainer for Lori. I'm always uh, flabbergasted by being with people who are traumatized and haven't slept for weeks or months, perhaps years. I've dealt with a Vietnam veteran who hadn't slept for 50 years through the night. And then I'm always amazed, as you say, after the first treatment, you were able to sleep through the night. And after mm-hmm. the second and after the third, and I'm looking across the table at Laurie and, 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 and I'm kind of looking at you and I'm, I'm asking myself and now I'm asking out loud, what was that like for you? I know your passion to help people. And what was it like for you to have something that after one treatment, somebody who as beautiful as Ali mm. goes home, sleeps through the night and then can go back to her favorite place in the world? Wow, it was powerful for me. I'm trained in several modalities and trauma therapy. And we did do both of those other modalities, which I like a lot and are very effective. However, when we were doing them, I feel that they were pretty intense for Allie. And we had to take a lot of breaks. Mm -hmm. And how is that different from when you did the RTM? And when we did the RTM, one... 90-minute session, Allie completely changed. Her body language, her facial expressions, the color in her skin, and she smiled. What a beautiful thing. Hey, Allie, if I could ask you, you know, you said that you, uh, after the event, for some time after, you could not tell the story of the event. You would have a complete um, emotional arousal, negative emotional arousal. Were you surprised at the end of that first RTM session when when Lori asked you to retell the story and you could retell it in detail? Oh yeah, definitely. I was surprised because usually when I tell that, I remember like it was a common occurrence where I would start shaking, like my legs would start shaking. And I remember like when, when I was talking about it in the first place, like there were tears in my eyes. I could barely even like say it out loud, like without, without shaking and my body language would all clench up. Like everything was, everything was really hard. And I was able to just tell it to Lori like just like normal conversation just face to face like it wasn't it wasn't as difficult and that was real I was I was surprised by myself <laughs> like it actually gave me a sense of pride to be able to talk about that without like freaking out was that first session traumatizing in any way shape or form with Lori the oh, RTM? definitely not I actually enjoyed it it was fun <laughs> I getting it. rid of wait a minute wait a minute I'm sorry you can't slip that one by me Getting rid of trauma was fun. Yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. It was like, oh. like Lori told me, she's like, I think you're going to like actually enjoy it. And I was like, that's weird. Like, what am I going to enjoy about it? It's therapy. And she's like, no, I think you're going to enjoy it. And I did. And I was, I was shocked. And the whole day after I was just beaming because I was so happy about it. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing. But what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. That's amazing. Hey, mom, how was that for you? Um, it was, we were almost in shock, I think. <laughs> um, 
because like Laurie's saying, um, I started to really get concerned and that's, I think the difficult thing with, you know, mental health, it started really affecting her physical health. Um, she, she had no color in her face. She didn't speak very much. Um, you know, I would say things to her, happy things would happen. She would really disassociate. And after the first day, even the, that night at dinner, she just talked so much. She, it was like a year's worth of talking just came out. And uh, I guess it's almost a month or a month and a half later now, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's been about six It's probably been about, yeah, two months or so, maybe. So yeah. when's the next Disney trip, Allie? I'm just curious. Um, it's not planned, but I'm sure it will be oh, cool. soon because I go there all the time. <laughs> just throw, throw mom an elbow right now and just, that's a, that's a nice hint. Hey, I shouldn't tell you that I live about 10 minutes from the parks and, um, I know, does that make you a little bit jealous? One of the, the favorite memories I have with Disney, I, I'm a dad, I've got five kids. My oldest two are daughters, um, a little bit younger than you are. And it is a regular occurrence when you live in Orlando and you have a Disney annual pass, you don't go all day. You go for a couple of hours and it's a regular yeah. occurrence for us to go for me just to take my girls and we just go and do the fireworks thing. So I can just tell you as a dad, it's, it's especially sweet for me to hear that um, you are getting to get to do that again, you know, that you didn't lose that memory or that, uh, that experience permanently. So I'm super excited for you. I, I'm interested again, Allie and your family where you, you know, when stuff, you make a transition that quick, that fast, was there some thought that how long is this going to last? Yeah, because we, well, we had a lot of people telling us different things, like a lot of people telling us, oh, um, for some people, it'll only last a month of like the effect, or for some people, last year. So we never, I never really had an idea of how long this was going to last or how much therapy PTSD would take to like, not get rid of, but like to feel better, better, like less triggers, I guess a lot of people were telling me different things. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. I didn't know what to expect for myself. I didn't expect it to happen that quickly. Then when Lori told me like, this is three sessions and then you're better. I was like, well, that's, that's crazy. Like how can that work? And then it did. So I was, I was shocked, but I wasn't expecting it to happen that quickly. You know, that's so exciting for me to hear. And again, I'm out on the road training clinicians to help people just like you. And all of us know somebody who's been traumatized. But the main problem is, is the industry is projecting it as an illness that can't be cured or it's difficult to cure. And that's the message you yeah. are getting. And we both mm -hmm. know that when a person has post-traumatic stress, you weren't getting to be a student, your family wasn't thriving, and ultimately your community would have suffered. You know, and as mm -hmm. I listen to you talk, I imagine a world where people who are traumatized, like you were that day, could get three treatments the next week and get on with their life. And as, yeah. I, and as I fantasize about that, I know that's where we are today. That with the RTM, somebody can get through a traumatic episode like you experienced. All the, all the children that day, all the teachers that day, all the parents that day could be free of that trauma in as little as three 90-minute sessions. And so, you know, my, my question now is, and, and I'm just talking out loud right now to everybody, to you, to everybody who can hear, is, is what do we do next? How do we make sure that everybody gets to experience what you experience? Uh, as you worked with Lori, because I think that's so important now, right? You still have friends who are suffering. I think just spreading the word is the best thing that can happen because I've been telling a lot of people and a lot of people are really interested because I've been telling people my story and they're like, I want to get that too. I want to feel that too. So as long as that, as long as there's the resources, the people who are trained, the people that people know that they can go and people they can trust, then that's all you have to do. 
hey, Ali, I'm really, really old. I'm in my 60s, right? I'm really old. And so things like Facebook and social media, they just confuse me. But I know I've, I've got five children like Jeff, and I know that bad things go across the internet in a nanosecond. When a bad thing happens, it goes around the world in a nanosecond. Everybody's talking about it. How do we get this message to go around the world in a nanosecond? I think through social media you can do it. If people, I can, I can probably figure out a way so that my school can be able to use their power to tell their everybody at my school about it quickly. Yeah, we, have a, we have a loud voice. My my student, my friends and I, the students, we have the loudest voice in the school. We have no. I think you guys have the loudest voice in the world because I'll tell you something. <laughs> like the message, I I was floored. I was floored at what that group of kids was able to accomplish in the aftermath of this tragedy and everything. I, I will tell you this, Ali, I remember watching Emma Gonzalez's speech on the National Mall. In my mind, that would go down with the greatest three speeches I've ever heard. It was unbelievable. And I'm going, This is these are 16, 17, 18-year-old kids doing this. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it puts the rest of us to shame. <laughs> Ali, you're a junior this year. How important of a year is this for you? The most important year of all four, actually. Okay. It's the workload it's the most important it's the one that colleges look at it's when we start taking tests for college SATs ACTs EOCs FSA everything so aside from the things that happened last year on February 14th would you say this is the most stressful year being a junior definitely okay. it's the st most stressful year being a junior but also having to deal with all of the the changes that happened that happened from last year too so, wh so what happened with your grades oh they went down <laughs> my grades are not as good as they used to be <clears throat> and it's really stressful because i want to be able to show people that like who i am and how i am how i perform academically but i have all the i had all the other interferences as well so it was really hard to show that with all the extra so stuff that I had going. you remember a conversation you and I had about what was happening in class? I mean, we spent quite a bit of time mm -hmm. talking about it. What was happening to you prior to the treatment that we did, the RTM? What was happening to you in the classroom, and why? Why was it happening in that class? Um, my math class, I remember I was having trouble focusing in math because all of the stuff that I learned last year was bringing, whenever I had to try to recall the information that I learned in math last year, it took me back to when I was in the building. And um, I, I wasn't in the building that day, but I had a class in the building that day. So a half, like a half an hour, well, a couple of hours before, I had a class in that period. So every time I was trying to remember stuff in math, I kept, having flashbacks to being in the building and my brain was wandering and taking me back to my nightmares and all this stuff that my brain would come mm. up with and my math grade was just not it wasn't good at all because I couldn't I wasn't able to retain new information and my brain kept blocking it out and kept putting me in throwing me into flight or flight every time I tried to do an equation or take a test so that was really hard and it was it was just a constant struggle to try to get past that so that I could learn and so that I could succeed. And, and what are your able... grades like now since RTM? In they're math? better. I have, they're, I still have, I still have grief and things that I'm dealing with that are 
getting in my way, but they're a lot, they're better now. They definitely are. I'm able to take tests easier. And, are you getting yeah. triggered in math? Nope, not at all. So Ali, just want to tell you like the whole, the reason we are doing these trainings is for stories like yours. And so it's just a powerful testimony. And uh, I want to encourage you. Thank you. First of all, just thank you for your voice and lending your voice to the show. But my goodness, with the power of social media, like you said before, um, the voice that you guys have is absolutely unbelievable. And we, um, um, we're, not, we're not in this battle just to, to help one or two students. Um, I'm going to help Parkland. And thank you for being a part of that. And so I want you to know, um, Allie, I want, I want there to be a sense of satisfaction in you as we're progressing along. Um, you being willing to even come and do a show like this, uh, you never know the exponential effect that could have in getting your fellow students healed and, and on the road to a better life, right? life before yeah Yeah, so great job so i i just want to throw this out there to anyone that's out there listening right now if uh if you are struggling especially those of you who are in that south florida area we have a phone number that you can call or text 754-300-4567 and we want you to just reach out to this call or call or text us let us know that you're struggling we'd love to be a part of your journey and you can find us on social media at heal your ptsd on twitter instagram and facebook Allie and Janine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Lori as well. I want to thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Amazing, amazing guests. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for your bravery, Allie. Life After PTSD drops episodes literally every single week. We love to have you subscribe. You know what we're about. Continue listening and tracking with us as we're telling the stories and uh, a brighter future is ahead. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for Life After PTSD. As you listen to this podcast, imagine your new life and all the possibilities when you are free of PTSD because that is what is possible with RTM. You are here, which means you're ready. So connect with us at lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca or follow us at Heal Your PTSD.